0: Do my own thing before you came to my world. I couldn't touch. I felt you
1: Welcome back to another episode of Prog Watch. That opening track was We Are Kin from their brand new album, And I Know. And the name of the song was That One Day. The beginning opening track of that album just released. And we're going to have a little bit of a We Are Kin feature in just a little while here. I got to sit down with Dan and Lee from the band, and we had a chat a few weeks ago. So I'm going to play some of that in a little while and play some more We Are Kin. But before we do that, I'd like to give you a little taste of a fellow by the name of Jason Rubenstein, who is a progressive rock and ambient keyboardist. According to his website, he is influenced by heavy progressive rock and old synthesizers and creates modern heavy instrumental music, sometimes with shades of King Crimson, ELP, Philip Glass, and Nine Inch Nails. A fellow Pittsburgher and a DJ over at House of Prague, Marty Dorfman, actually turned me on to Jason Rubenstein a few weeks back and said that this was something that he thought should really be heard, and I agree. That's why I'm passing it on to you. So from his latest EP entitled Four Named Narratives, this is Jason Rubinstein, and the name of the song is The Conundrum Archive. Once again, that was the Conundrum Archive by Jason Rubenstein from his album Four Named Narratives. If you liked it, check him out. There's also a cover of ELP's Barbarian on the Four Named Narratives EP, uh, which Jason and some of his friends recorded as a tribute to Keith Emerson. But now I'd like to get into that We Are Kin feature. Initially, three members of We Are Kin met while playing as backing musicians in 2011, to a Manchester, UK-based pop duo, the reclusive Barclay Brothers. Gary Boast and Dan Zambas began discussing music during rehearsal breaks and realized they shared a love of progressive music, specifically Genesis. This set them off collaborating on new original material. During these sessions, they invited Barclay Brothers backing vocalist Hannah Cotterill to join on vocals and We Are Kin was born. This lineup released one album, Pandora, in 2014. In the intervening years, there have been some lineup changes. Hannah Cotterill has left and been replaced by Emma Bruin-Caddy. Gary Boast is still drumming, and Dan Zombis is still handling much of the guitar and keyboard work. And they have brought in a bass player named Lee Braddock. This lineup, with a few guests on guitar and flute in places, completed a new album called And I Know, which we heard a little bit of in the beginning of the show. Anyway, I caught up with Dan and Lee Braddock a few weeks before the official release of the album, which was released uh, on July 8th. Please forgive the audio quality on this interview. I had major problems in my home studio that day, and I had to rewire some stuff on the fly. So the sound is a little subpar, but it's all intelligible, and it was a good conversation. All right, so, I yeah, it looks like we're good. I'm on my backup, I'm on my handheld, I found some wires and adapters to get everything connected, (laughs) Um, figure out the computer issue later. But I might have to reboot, but I don't want to do it right now, that's for sure. Cool, man. So I have Lee Braddock and Dan Zambas. Mm
2: -hmm. Zambas.
1: Zambas. So uh, you want to fill us in on how the band got together, that kind of thing? You best start, Dan, given you've been there longest.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, The band started off as a recording project between myself and Gary Boast who plays drums, and he's also a sound a sound recorder. So we kind of had a process where we re- recorded music um, just for fun. And after a while, we kind of decided to try and put down an album. And that, that ended up becoming the first album, Pandora. Um, and then from there, it was a case of working with a, a handful of extra people to bring them on board and um, to try and make the album, just sort of finalize it and just try and I guess take away from the aspect of it just being me on instruments and Gary on drums and recording um just to try and give it different textures really so we, we worked with Hannah Cotterill who had been a long a long-term friend of ours and worked with us on the first album on a few of the songs uh, Lauren Smith who joined the band um towards the back end of the release and Adam McCann on guitar and our first bass player Dave Hopkinson and then um, after that Sort of um, the release, and we kind of we worked together for a period of time afterwards. Um, each one of those um, band members has unfortunately left uh, for different reasons. So we're now in a process of um, kind of I guess we were trying to find you know a way to push forward. And we have uh, Lee Braddock who is um, who joined us um, on bass, and I've known Lee for many years. Um, and Lee joined us to start basically. To initially to try and get us to this this first debut gig that we had planned in, in Glasgow with a Scottish band called Abel Gans and um oh, yeah. Tiger, Tiger Moth Tales and uh, oh, that great. was a great yeah. Great gig. Really great gig. Um
1: it was good fun. I've chatted with Peter Jones and I did He's uh, cool, yeah, yeah he's a I good guy. Abel Gans a while back. Uh, <clears> back when the show was in its infancy, you know, and I, I used to email all the artists to make sure that no one would sue me. You know, kind of <laughs> but I, I found most artists were really open to it, even whenever I wasn't you know I wasn't affiliated with a network or anything at that point. It was just right, me doing okay. a podcast, you know, yeah, yeah. the whole thing's kind of evolved. I used to have a co-host and it was more about us like talking about the music and and sure. but then, as it you know as I got you on Prozilla, especially it was more like, wow, you know, I can do like proper radio type shows, yeah, I did Abel Gans, and uh I had uh, Mick McFarlane. Uh actually answered some questions back in the day before I was set up for Skype, my dodgy Skype, I guess, since we had so much trouble with this. It worked well for about 10 or 12 of these, I swear, guys, you know, but we've had a lot of trouble today so far.
2: It's but, cool, it's cool. We, we, are, we, we come with technical difficulties, that's part of being in this band, so it's absolutely fine. All right, and that's probably
3: the title of the third album, isn't it? Technical, technical.
2: difficulties. <laughs> it's, it's that's a really good Paul Gilbert track, actually. I don't know if you guys would have heard an instrumental rock guitar track um, by Paul Gilbert. I he know some Paul. Yeah, yeah, he's good. He's really good. Uh, yeah, he Mr is. Big and Racer X was his yep. Yeah, Zoo. Racer X. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep.
2: But um, yeah, technical difficulties is a is a cracking tune, and so it's, it's on mm-hmm. his his instructional guitar videos and stuff. I used to be obsessed with all that kind of stuff when I was younger. That's just like a bit of a insight, and in, I guess into where I came from. Um, was very much a, a sort of you know eighteen year old shredder, yeah, uh, trying to be Steve Vai with the long hair and all, all that and what goes with it, whammy whammy dives and pinch harmonics and crazy growling guitar sounds and all that kind of stuff. And then um, I discovered piano, and it changed me. <laughs> like, yeah, it totally changed me. And then I, I kind of stopped practicing scales and trying to be Steve Vai, and then just sort of try to find what I you know what what I, what, what I needed to be, I guess, and. It's it's funny because you kind of it's like anything. It's like every, everybody is you know you grow up and stuff and you change your tastes change and so on. But um, it sort of without the piano, I don't think any of this would have been possible. Really, um, I mean, I've it's I guess it's the difference between being a um, for me personally being a, I, I changed from being a guitarist into being a musician because I, I, my guitar was purely ornamental. That was what I didn't write on the guitar. I didn't write. I could never write a song. And then piano taught me to be able to write, and that was a, a massive sort of um, sort of step forward. But to go back to your original question, like the, the development of the band, um, we kind of when we got towards the sort of this gig that we did in December, um, we finished that, and then we had a, a sort of if you like a, a blueprint of um, songs for an album, which we was going to follow on from Pandora from Pandora. Sorry, i um, conceptually. Um, and, and hopefully, thematically and musically, like it would, you know, move on and be a, a, a sort of step forward. And from there, we needed to integrate. And that was what was different about this album was that the first album was very much just me and Gary and our ideas. And the and this album, and I know, um, was very much a, a change. And every every single thing that Lee put down and Emma, our new singer, um, was just uh, it just changed the flavor of what we had before. You know, a lot of the songs were demos where i would sing on them and i would play you know just a piano and a vocal part and then we would sort of then reconstruct the songs with the band um at a later date when everybody was established and yeah the flavor just totally changed so almost almost immediately like the, the very first thing lee i think that you did was put a baseline down on the song called reaper wasn't it yeah and that immediately, at well, the moment me and Gary heard that, we were like, "That, that's what we were missing. Cause it's not what I would have done. I can play bass, but I'm not a bassist.
1: Right. I understand that. Yeah.
2: It's a totally different thing. You know, I, I put down what I think I should put down, but Lee came in and added a rhythmic aspect, which I would just never would have done. Um, and immediately changed the sound of we are kin basically for me. So, um, yeah.
1: Yeah. I thought this album did sound a little different, you know, the new one. Uh, yeah. And I know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you mentioned you have a different singer, but, uh, boy, she sounds really good on some of that stuff where she's harmonizing. You know, yes, yeah, yeah. And I, I really do, Dan, I really admire uh, what you were saying there about the keyboards and the guitar. I, I used to, yeah, I do some of this stuff on my own, you know, nowhere mm-hmm. near on the scale that you guys are doing it, but... You know, it's been a, a lifelong passion. Where I started recording stuff like in the '80s on two cassette decks with a little crappy yeah, yeah board in between, and at the end you had like a ton of hiss. You know, and and <laughs> the latest track that you put on, you could actually make that out. The rest of it was just like mud and hiss. You know, yeah, yeah. But then yeah. There, then it was four track, and then eventually got every other real eight track, and now it's on the computer. But yeah, I got I re reconnected with an old friend, and he's just guitars, guitars, guitars all the time. Yeah. And I I came from guitar, you know. Well, I, I actually started on drums, and I went, and I just, then I picked up some bass, and I went on to more like rhythm guitar. Not lead, I'm not a lead guitar player.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: This guy was a really good guitar player, but that's all he wanted to do was just all guitars all the time. And it, I don't know, we just couldn't do it because I to me once I got on the computer and I got all these awesome plugins that are like the old arp 2600 and, oh, and the yeah, mug modular yeah. you could pull out the wires and read you know redirect yeah, yeah. stuff it's unbelievable to me and just the sounds that are there i wanted to explore all of that and he just wanted to do 10 guitar tracks on everything you know yeah yeah you know how many different sounds you can get out of a guitar it's like i admire you know i like guitar you know
2: i oh it, i do I it's love just guitar such
1: stuff, a it's so. it's a real turnaround for me because i remember when my buddy uh steve who's been a co-host a few, you know, last year or whatever, um, he tried to get me into ELP way back when. I'm like, you can't have a band without a guitar player. (laughs) (laughs) So it's been like a total turnabout for me. But in a roundabout way, I I did want to say, you know, I really admire the integration of the keyboards and the electronics into the We Are Kin sound. I think it's one of the most interesting things to me is uh, what you're doing with that aspect you know the, obviously you know i like the songs and in the singing but you know i i really dig what you're doing with the uh you know the the keyboard stuff it's not like overstated it's but it's it's really it brings something you know what i mean it's it's to me it really brings another element to it and i like the way you have those all all those elements integrated you know the traditional like rock stuff you know some guitar yeah, yeah, you know yeah. it, but but also just the way you're using those keyboards.
2: Cheers, man. That, that means a lot because that's, that's been really deliberate. Um, and it's nice, that, it's nice that that's kind of come across because, um, you know, just to, just as an example, um, I, I construct, if you like, ideas on the keyboard, and that, that's always going to be my go-to. I think from, from here on in, I, I don't see that changing. Um, but you'll notice whenever there's a lead part, it's usually a guitar. Mm-hmm. Because that that that's where my brain is for lead instruments. If I if I'm thinking that needs a melody, that needs a, a solo, let's say, I would never do that on the keyboard because it's not how my keyboard brain thinks. Right. <laughs> like, I don't think I could play a, a, a decent melodic keyboard solo. I, I don't think it's possible. Like you every time I could. approach it, it, it doesn't work. You could probably then, write it
1: on guitar and then play exactly, it, you know? yeah. But, but
2: yeah, and then have a go. But yeah, that's but it's interesting. Like the the main guitar moments on the album. And pretty much are just the odd solo here and there. There's like three of them, maybe two of them. Um, and other than that, the guitars very much ornamental and background. And and on to be fair, on Pandora that was kind of the case as well. There were there was um, there was quite a lot of arpeggiating guitars and like you know chordy bits and stuff. But um, mainly uh, the keyboards have always driven the songs, and that's that's that is a massive part of what we do.
1: At this point, I thought I'd take a little break and play some music from We Are Kin from their first album, Pandora. The name of this one is Tides of Midnight. Again, that was Tides of Midnight by We Are Kin from their first album, Pandora. Now I'll continue on with the interview.
2: It's interesting because I know a from Lee's background, Lee listened to his funk and stuff and came into We Are Kin sort of with like a, a different mindset on what kind of music he wants to be part of. And that's what I find quite interesting because we knew we, knew we were never going to become anything that we weren't already to a point, but it has changed. And that's kind of that was the whole point of, of you know that's the point of not changing from being a recording project which we were to an actual physical band and that that's that's kind of what it is. But how does that um, does that sum it up, Lee? Do you think?
3: Yeah, I, mean, I think so. I mean, um, to be to be honest, Anthony, when I when I first joined, it was really by accident um, <laughs> because I mean, a, a little while before, about a couple of years or so ago before um, Dan and Gary had. Uh, Tinkered about with a couple of tracks on Pandora, and i I'd, I'd, I'd been to uh over to the studio and we had a play and all that
2: sort of thing. Oh I forgot I forgot about that. Yeah, you're right, we did. Did it?
3: it? Yeah, and uh, it was. Uh, I think I, I didn't have the headspace uh, at that time, so we uh, we let it go. But um, the album eventually came about, and uh, I got in touch with Dan. Said, uh, "Will you do me a signed copy?" Um, he got in touch with me. Said, "Rather than that, um, why don't you join the band and you sign your own?" Um, and uh <laughs> I, I, I thought at that point, I thought this is a this is a prog band, and I'm not a prog bassist. You know, I'm not, I'm I'm not with all that twiddly shit that people do. <laughs> um, but you know, they they uh, they entered it with open arms, and as Dan quite rightly says, I mean, I came in with the intention of gigging Pandora. That's what we were there to do. Uh, and I found the the start of it was quite tough to actually just take Dan's music and. Replicate it, just play it almost verbatim. Uh, but the good thing was they didn't. That's not really what they wanted, you know. They, they gave us the basics and went off and did our own thing. And and you're right, the sound has changed. And the second album very uh, rec- uh, recognizes that big change that that we've seen with myself and with Emma in there. And I think the challenge that there for us, for Emma and myself, was to um, take part two of this whole. Um, projects of so Pandora's part one and I know part two, and then put our own stamp on it. That was really quite a tough thing to get into. Uh, we had a lot of conversations about it, if you remember, Dan. And uh, yeah, we did, we did. the fact is um, we were allowed to do it. So there is an awful lot of Tom Waits in there now from me. There's um, there's there's an awful lot of the old early 90s stuff. It, it's... Being allowed to do that and so not having to necessarily conform to uh, what I initially considered to be what a uh, prog band needed in a bassist has been absolutely fantastic. And I think the uh, the second album sounds richer because of that, not just myself, obviously, but with uh, Emma and the conversations we have in the studio. It's just made it a bit, um, so I mean, it's something it's a little meaningful, different.
2: isn't it? It's meaningful. Yeah, rather than rather than join into something which is you know only particular like let's say emotionally relevant to two of us and you just you guys like it it's actually it's a different thing because you're part of the creative process and that's um just for a bit of context anthony like you know historically um i'm i've always found it difficult um since working with gary specifically so a good six years six years at this point possibly longer now actually uh, yeah six years or so um it's, I've always found it quite difficult to um, be creative with other people that aren't Gary because yeah. um, Gary is the opposite of me. He, every job that he does, I can't do and vice versa. So from that perspective, it was very natural and quite easy for us to learn to work together um, because it was a case of, well, I, he couldn't play keyboard or play guitar and, and he didn't particularly know how to write something from scratch, whereas I had no idea how to record anything and I couldn't drum at all. And I still can't. I'm a terrible drummer. Um, as Lee will attest to, but um, never stops you trying though, does it? You <laughs> have to try, mate. You have to try, you have to give it a damn good go, you know. But um, that that is so, it was always difficult bringing anybody in, and we tried quite a lot in in history, you know, through our little our little we are Kin project, trying to bring people in to be a band. And we, I'm not sure how many people have attempted and been part of it in total, but we're. We're in double double figures at this point, and le- le- and it's just you know maybe maybe one person came for one jam and then never returned and never to hear he heard from again. Yeah. Um, other people for a long period of time with a lot of bit more promise about them and stuff. Um, sorry, there's there's kitchen stuff going on in the background. That's so all right. Just forgive me. But um, <laughs> partner just went sorry. well <laughs> <laughs> that was oh you just interrupted me. I was right. I don't know what I'm not, I'm not sure what I'm saying any.
3: I feel <laughs> like I've survived something, Dan. If uh,
2: you know these double figures,
3: I'm still in a year later, isn't it? Yeah. yeah,
2: that is that is really that, that is the point here. Last the, man
1: standing kind of thing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> even on the album, you know. Um, it's uh, it's a funny it's a funny thing, but the, the point with anything, you know, creative projects, whatever it might be, whether it's something you know, something just really short and simple, and if it's your day to day job or whatever if you're not working with the right people it makes the whole process really really difficult to be part of and unenjoyable and when you find just a group of people that you can bounce off and you all bring different things um, it makes your role within that process that much easier and more fun um, and that's essentially what it is we wanted to get to the end of making this album and hand it over to the label and say this is the best we can do this is we, we've we done this is the best we've got to offer." And we and we really like it. We don't feel like we have, we haven't achieved something. And for me, in comparison to Pandora, I, I, um, this it's so easy for me to say this because you know it's it's what we've done. But I think it's I think it's far better um, overall in just about every way. Um, and I'm the only thing I can really pin that down to is collaboration. That's the only I can't. You know, it, yeah. Obviously, we've spent more hours in the studio. We've we've learnt our instruments a bit more than we did when we did Pandora. All that kind of stuff. Hours. Like hours doing something that makes you better at it obviously but it's not just that it's far more than that it's more it's got a vibe to it that pandora didn't have and but saying that pandora is its own thing which i'm still incredibly fond of i don't look down on it at all um uh-huh. I, I, I think it's a, i really enjoy it still to this day um it's just i feel like we've done a step one and a step two and then i really i the point of this is i'm really looking forward to what we do next because It's just—it feels like it's just going to keep growing, and and what direction is it going to go in? I really don't know, but I feel like we're on the right road. Now I feel like we're in—we found a a goal and a direction here. So yeah, it's fascinating. Just the whole to look at it from the try and look at it from the outside, looking in how it's evolved. It's—it's interesting. Just anything like this, you know.
1: Sure. This seemed like another good place to stop and play some music. So we're going to hear the end. Is the name of the track from? The first We Are Kin album entitled Pandora, released in 2014.
0: The people were sad, left what they had. Gotta get out while they can Single file, not a smile around Mother and child Fall to the ground Everyone walks straight by Gotta make it to the other side And make it to the other side. There's nowhere, nowhere left to hide. The weight of the world is pulling me down. So
1: Just to reiterate, that was entitled The End, and it was from the We Are Kin album, their their first release, entitled Pandora. Now for more of that chat with Dan and Lee. So you have played some of the Pandora material live now with the new incarnation of the band?
2: Yeah, yeah. We, we did a um, gig in December with um Abel Guns and uh, Tiger Moth Tales, which was our first introduction of uh, Pandora being a live thing. And then we also supported mother tongue who, um, released okay. their album Unsongs. Uh, yeah, if you haven't them. heard them. Check them out. They're awesome. Yeah. I really played
1: good. them. I played them on the show here. Yeah.
2: I, I love that. They're really good. Brilliant. Live. They're there. Unstoppable. Well, they're absolutely brilliant. Live. have a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and in at that gig, we did basically the same set list again, but as a, we'd lost band members at that point. So we went from a six piece to a four piece. Um, so about
3: a week before. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, yeah. The,
2: yeah. It was quite sudden. Um, and you know it was it's just you just kind of have to work with it and the good thing was that the core of the songs were all pianos um so it meant that the it was quite easy to in a sense to reconstruct and reimagine them quite quickly because uh, Gary just did what Gary always does he, he knows what he's doing you he know he knows the rhythms and the beats and the changes and he also has samples so that that allows us to if there's anything pivotal that absolutely has to be in the in the track but we don't have enough hands then we can play it um and uh, and then Lee as well, his bits didn't have to change. It was just a compromise between what guitar parts aren't going to get played because I mm-hmm. can't do both at the same time. Right, and that was that was really how we approached it.
1: So you were able to go on with uh, basically drums, bass, and guitar. Sometimes keys, other times. Is that what you're saying?
2: Yep. pretty much. Yeah, and um, okay. we wow. It, it was uh, it's interesting with with the new album. If if you pre-order it, and um, you get a copy of that gig because um, we uh, John, um John Sim from Mother Tongue um recorded mixed it recorded sorry mixed it and uh with that with that out with the new album we gi- we're giving that away as like a um, a pre-order thing There you go um, folks So yeah it's that sorry <laughs> that's such a bad plug wasn't it but Oh shameless that was wow. shameless. <laughs> so let me do it again that's if you what buy our album that, you get a free CD <laughs> That's right yeah <laughs> Do it up That's what we're here for Um so that, but what's nice about it is I, I listened. I listened to it a few times re- recently, and it, <clears throat> excuse me, it doesn't feel empty at all. It, it doesn't feel like we're there's a, ba- a backbone missing, which is what you would have expected considering that we we suddenly overnight reduced from having two singers and a guitarist to having one singer and no guitar. Um, and it's but that that is I think for me that's only just that's down to the fact that the songs at their core are pretty basic, and you don't need to. Fill them with uh, the depth and, and width that we did on the on the recordings of the album. We we lay we've got a habit of me and Gary like to layer things. <laughs> like, yeah. Like too many too many instruments all not necessarily adding a great deal, and that's what this album was about was reducing that. We didn't need to have um you know eight keyboard parts where <laughs> one would one would do. Yeah. You know? I'm that's guilty kind of that
1: myself. I end up, I yeah. throw everything in, then at the end I'm I'm deciding why well, I should just pull some of this stuff out. It's such a Cluttered mix at the end, you know. It's like, well, we don't need this guitar here, but you know, I put it all in there, you know, and then later on, you have to get selective and say, well, what's really essential?
2: Yeah, and it makes the mixing process all that hard, all that much harder, right? When you've got, I mean, especially when you're fond of all the sounds as well. That like you might like five different synth sounds, but actually, you only really want one, you for the, in terms to make the mix breathe. That's a, that's personal taste, though. Like, there's with, with this album, we could have thrown the kitchen sink at it and, like, you know, done put a ridiculous amount of guitars on it and it would have sounded great and I would have loved it. Um, but I like the restraint on it. I like the fact that there's very little going on at, at certain times and there's a lot of space. Um, yeah.
3: It wouldn't have sounded like a band, would it really, Dan? It would sound more like an orchestra or something. If it was
2: yeah, probably.
3: Probably heavy. It it, it does. It, it is. I feel it's a it's a richer album because you can hear everything without having to strain that's how I see it. Anyway, Didn't you
1: probably make yeah, everything pretty... everything that is in there then is better, you know, because it ha- it has to be, you know, exactly. To, yeah, to convey I mean, all the ideas that you want to convey.
2: If you think, I mean, Pandora itself, because me and Gary weren't gigging musicians at the time, um, the only time we would play our instruments were when we were recording, and we wrote as we wrote songs as we recorded them. Like we, that process happened at the same time. So, what that kind of if you can sort of visualize that, what what that what that Existed like for us was that I would, you know, finish work, have my tea, go around to his house for a couple of hours, play rec- and record a song and write a song, and then we do that twice a week, and we did that over a period of twelve months. So you never, we never were spending enough quality time of our instruments to, you know, become really well rehearsed. So what that means is the individual performances on the on on the album, I wouldn't say are that great. It's, it's been, com- compared to this one, I think we're better because we've been more actively playing. And that's a lot to do with the fact that you know we we all have lives that so we've got to do stuff. <laughs> right, right. And that's that's what it all boils down to. And that's the era of, I guess, the modern the modern way with music is sure. that um, artists who aren't you know who who are, who are gigging all the time they've got their chops down because their 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 the hands are muscle memories are, are really there. But for people like me and Gary, that just wasn't an option. Um, so we had to work round work around that. And I don't think the album suffers for it. But what it does, what I think, what it would highlight it if you go it's certain bits, if you go and just solo out some of the instruments, you think, oh, that wasn't that good, that bit. <laughs> it's like, oh, God, that's a bit, that's a bit ropey. But it's not... <laughs> in, in, in the entire construct, though, you don't really notice it. That's the thing. And it, that's kind of what it's about, I think. But you know, with this album, it doesn't feel like that. It, a lot of it was performed rather than recorded. And there wasn't that much overdubbing or tweaks and stuff. It was It was a far more consistent take across a song will be you know more likely to be heard rather than you know performing every tiny bit to try and get it right kind of thing mm-hmm. but um that's the flexibility though of having a studio which all your equipment's just there in, and, and you can just work on it at any time and that's where we are incredibly fortunate Gary's so yeah. gary's got his own studio in his house and my equipment just lives there so that, that's when i play that's when i go when i go around to work on music um so, yeah, and it's to you know, Lee's got his own little room at home with his bass, so Lee probably practices more than any of us, <laughs> which is a really good thing. <laughs> the rhythm section needs to be solid. Right.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Right, Paul. Absolutely. Got to keep you guys in line. It's not <laughs> easy.
2: And
1: here I thought we'd play a little more of the new We Are Kin album entitled And I Know. The name of this track is No Evil. i hey. That one was No Evil, once again, from the brand new We Are Kin album entitled And I Know. And the and I know is, there's three dots, and then it's and I know, and then three more dots. It's kind of like part of a larger phrase, I guess. But anyway, now we'll
2: finish up with Dan and Lee.
1: So, yeah, you have uh, live stuff lined up? You have anything, you know...
2: We've got. We've got. At this moment in time, just because we've been focusing on the recording and we've just come off the back of that, the only thing we have planned at the moment is we're playing with the gift um, okay. in in London um, alongside uh, Peter Jones from Tiger Moth Tales again. Nice, uh, which will be great. So we're we're playing at the um, uh, Is it just August the seventh. Was it yeah. Sunday? Sunday, August the seventh. Yeah. Um, so and we'll be. Hope what the plan is now is we're we're getting back into the studio. Um, to learn everything and make sure we're playing it well. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> um, that's important.
2: important. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's quite important. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, about five weeks just to nail it all down, and we, we essentially want to play the album in its entirety, pretty much. Um, dependent on you know logistics, basically. So as long as we can perform it, we will. Are you going to uh, take
1: on extra musicians? Or are you going to do it all just a four-piece or you know four we
2: musicians? Thought we thought we thought about it. I just it's it's a risk because the the problem is that um if we the 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 time frame to find somebody and then get everything learned and then integrate and then potentially it not working out and then you sort of having to make a last minute decision and all that kind of stuff we're just going to do it as the four and I've in terms of planning it I've, we've I've gone through it and listened to it um, with that in mind like how would we perform this and it's totally doable with just the four of us so uh, and that's a lot to do with its simplicity but also you know things like where the guitar is very important i'll be playing guitar and we'll sample some of the keyboard sounds and trigger them at the same time as we're playing them and stuff and that's for me that's okay i think like you can't you can't do that with guitar parts and bass parts and and vocals you know sampling is is just doesn't work but a synthesizer a synthesizer sounds like a synthesizer whether it's being played live or not um if you sample a guitar the feel's gone isn't it (laughs) like you're playing a recording essentially Yeah, yeah but synthesizers it doesn't. It's kind of you know, if it's just a path and it's a chord in the background, and there's you know a guitar part which is quite pivotal, like a melodic yeah. thing or whatever, then that that's um like just as for example, that one day will be pretty much I'll be playing guitar from beginning to end on that song, pretty much the whole way through, um and that I think that will work. But we we, we won't really know till we till we get together and actually start piecing it together like you know a big a big musical jigsaw. But um yeah, it's, it should be quite interesting.
3: probably all right. First one tomorrow, isn't it?
1: Yes. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. So, anything else you guys want to tell our listeners? Or? Um, I don't know. What do you think, Lee? Um, thanks for the support in advance. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is that
3: is
2: very good. It's very good.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Hope you like it. Um, personally, it's my first foray into Prague. Uh, I'm still clinging desperately, as I said earlier, to my uh, Tom Waits ish influence so um maybe the two work together who knows you know it'll all come out in the fullness of time but um yeah i just hope everyone listens to it with an open mind and enjoys it as much as we do um it was a great creative process and uh i just hope it's a great creative process for those listening to it take out of it what you will because it means a lot to me
2: no i'll just add to that with yeah it's what um this is kind of I guess Gary's philosophy and um, has had a massive influence over everything we've done, which is he tries to simplify um, what we're trying to get across and whereas i'm I'm very much driven by stories and there this whole album does have a, a storyline behind it and what it's all about, but it's not important to the listener unless they want it to be um so you know the information's there in, in the music and there's there's little hints about what it's about all the way throughout, but it's also not doesn't it's not necessary to enjoy it either um which is i think that was a strength that gary brought to the table which was just you know let the listener make their own mind up a little bit rather than tell them everything about it and what it means and what it signifies all that kind of stuff um because every every song that we that you love by any artist that you love um generally you think of it in a different way than the person that made it and that's really important (laughs) to not and it, it doesn't, you know, it's not always necessary. Like, look at The Wall or um, War of the Worlds, for example. They are very descriptive about what they are about. There's little room for interpretation. But the songs themselves, um, pretty much, especially on The Wall, not so much War of the Worlds, but on The Wall for sure, um, you can interpret them in your own way and have meaning to your own life. And hopefully that that um, in some shape or form um, to someone that really does enjoy it, enjoy what we've made um they can, you know, they can bring it into their own little world rather than necessarily have to come into ours. And I think that's really you know, that's, that's a, an important thing that we need to definitely keep, try and keep hold of moving forward. Um, and just let, let let the music breathe for itself rather than, you know, for any particular concept. Um, but the concepts will always be there. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> not, <laughs> they will always be there. Breathing,
1: that's a good, I, I like that analogy. There's, there's a, an openness, a, like a space to it.
2: There is, you know. Yeah. Yeah, there has to be. Yeah, and,
1: yeah. I mean, I, I don't think you'll lose many. You know, who if they like Pandora, I think they're going to like where you're going here.
2: I, I think so too. Yeah, yeah. It, it feels re- It feels relative. It feels like the same band, but it feels like a, a change in direction as well. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not like you know um, a massive departure or anything like that. But it just feels like it's just has been. There's more hours gone into it. I um, mean, you know, and learning and all that kind of stuff. Well, we've 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 grown quite a bit since the first one. So, yeah, I think that's definitely part of it.
1: All right. Well, I think you guys have a match coming on, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Are we good? Uh, three minutes, no, it's good time. Good time.
1: Yeah, I think we covered it. I'm really sorry about the technical problems up front.
2: Oh, it's cool. Sorry about. That. But, all, uh, good.
1: all good. Yeah, it was nice to
2: talk to both of you. Cheers, man. That's been good. I love doing this kind of I stuff. I it. Nice, nice to wax lyrical about music.
1: And I'd like to give you one more We Are Kin track from their brand new album, And I Know, and this is the aptly titled Goodbye.
2: To say goodbye I
0: was mine To do my own thing Before you You came into my world I couldn't touch you But I felt you in my soul Possibly letting go I don't know I don't know I don't know
1: So yes, that was goodbye from the brand new We Are Kin album, And I Know. And I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Dan Zambas and Lee Braddock. Once again, I apologize for the subpar audio quality, but I think you could pretty much get the gist of everything that was being said. I've since checked out some wires and uh, took apart my little mixing board and uh, cleaned out some of the contacts and stuff, so hopefully I won't have that problem again. And I think we have time for about one more tune before we go. This next one comes to us from down below the equator in South America, Brazil to be more exact, and it's by a fellow by the name of Cristiano Verisco. He made an album called Aileen, which uh, seems to be a girl's name similar to Adeline or Eileen. Anyway, Cristiano is from Brazil, and his album has many varied influences on it. It's quite a ride. So from Aileen, I'm going to play a track called Saída de Emergencia, which I believe roughly translates to Emergency Exit. <music> Once again, that was Saída de Emergencia. Emergency Exit, I believe. From the album A-L-I-N-E. By Cristiano Verisco of Brazil. Like I said, his album shows so many different influences. There's ethnic type stuff. There's jazzy stuff. There's rock. There's uh, more modern, beat-driven kind of stuff. It's it's a big mishmash that uh, you can only really call progressive. So if you liked it, please check him out. He's got a Facebook page and a Bandcamp site. You can find him there. That's Cristiano V-A-R-I-S-C-O. And the name of the album, once again, A-L-I-N-E. So that is about all the time we have. So once again, I will remind you all to be good to each other and prog on, brothers and sisters.